Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. A survivor podcast about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. Join me as we heal together, raise awareness, and inspire everyone to survive, thrive, and conquer their past. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. My name is Matt, your humble host, right back here for another edition of the show. If you are a first-time listener, I'm stoked that you found the podcast, and I hope that you'll find it validating and encouraging, and that you'll continue to come back and share it with your friends. If you are a regular listener, you guys rock. You're amazing. Thanks so much for coming back each week and rocking your survivor journey with me. Thank you for the shares, the feedback, the support. Uh, You guys are just really inspirational and I appreciate you all so very much. So today I'm joined with special guest Mike Bundrant. Mike is the founder of INLP Center. He is an NLP master practitioner, an INA fellow trainer, and retired psychotherapist. He also writes for Psych Central and his website is inlpcenter.org where you can find all kinds of great information about NLP, life coaching, the courses he has available, and just an array of informative resources that he's put together. So I'm super stoked to learn more about NLP with Mike and have him share um, his story with you and how NLP can help survivors. So Mike, thanks so much for joining me, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. I am just so um, fascinated and and excited about what NLP is. Um, It's something that I'm going to want to study as I progress in my um, coaching career. So I'm excited to talk with you and learn more about it um, and give the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with it some idea and background as to what it is and what you do. So why don't we jump right in? You can share how you got started, what your your courses are about, and essentially what NLP actually is. Sure. Uh, I got started studying NLP in college. I was studying psychology, so I'm in my early 20s, uh, 20, <laughs> 25 or more years ago. And I uh, was studying to be a, a mental health counselor, which I, uh, I went on to, to become in the state of New Mexico. And I got uh, reading some of the early books on NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic programming. It's a horrible name, but um, I got to studying it and it just resonated with me uh, in that I knew as I learned more about it that it was going to uh, sort of fill a significant part of my future. And and in fact, it has over over all of these years. Uh, It uh, was incredibly useful as far as using it as a basis to do mental health counseling work with people. And I went on to become a trainer uh, over the years, teaching, uh, uh, certifying coaches and therapists and, you know, uh, professionals from various industries in NLP uh, in the United States and Japan. And in 2011, we moved it, uh, our training online uh, as a kind of a 
independent study as well as live online training uh, sort of combination and that's been been doing really really well so but for me it all started out as a prospective counselor as someone doing counseling and i wanted to use the tools uh, to help people uh, who came to me for for psychotherapy that's kind of how i got my start with it it sounds amazing and it just the more i read up on, about it um the more i think that just this uh, modality is just so incredible and can really be such a great help for survivors um you know my blog in particular focuses on uh, adult survivors of childhood abuse those living with dissociation anxiety and ptsd as a result of trauma so yeah. maybe um you know uh, expound a little bit on how nlp can really help uh survivors because i know so often as survivors um you know the thought of going to see a um a a mental health professional of any kind can be kind of intimidating it can be scary it can be kind of confusing and you know you don't know who to trust or what's going to work or you know what's going to work for you so maybe talk a little bit about how nlp specifically can really help survivors sure yeah i'm happy to do that it's actually it offers nlp offers some Uh, potentially very useful distinctions for survivors um, uh, or anyone with memories or sort of imaginations of the future uh, anyone with the inner an inner experience that causes pain and that causes pain in the presence or in the present because one one of the things that NLP uh, helps us realize, for example, is that how we think something has a greater impact than what we're thinking about. And in NLP, we study what's called the structure of thinking or the structure of our inner experience, uh, how we our inner experience is set up in the first place, because that is a huge determiner of what the experience is like and i can give you an example of that um let's say that i'm thinking of a roller coaster right that's the content of my thoughts roller coaster i'm going to suggest that how i think of the roller coaster is going to be a much greater uh, have much greater impact than anything else so There's different ways I can think about the roller coaster and this is the point at which most of us unless we're specifically trained uh most of us are not aware uh that's going on in our mind uh at right at this point when it gets to how am I thinking about the roller coaster for the most part uh we go I don't know I'm thinking about the roller coaster I'm feeling that thing in the pit of my stomach and but it's how i'm thinking of the roller coaster that gives me that feeling in the pit of my stomach so for example one way to think about that roller coaster is is to have this image in my mind uh, there i am in the front car of the roller coaster and i see my hands you know uh, gripping the bar in front of me i'm looking down the track and going down a hill and playing that movie forward and as i do that i immediately get that feeling in the pit of my stomach it's an action shot where i'm caught up in all the action and it's going to recreate the feeling it's going to create that feeling of being on the roller coaster and that's one way to think about a roller coaster 
However, there are many other ways to think about a roller coaster. So, for example, I can think about a roller coaster as,、um, you know, a thousand yards, five thousand yards, a mile in the distance. And I can sort of see the outline of the roller coaster and I can see、uh, maybe the car going around the track. But I'm, I'm really looking at the roller coaster from a distance,、uh, like, a, like a, an observer, a neutral observer. And in this case, I'm thinking about the roller coaster, but I get no rush,、uh, no, not, not, not feeling in the pit of my stomach where my stomach drops out. I don't have any of that. And so, two ways to think about a roller coaster, and commonly people report, yeah, I'm thinking about a roller coaster. And one person's going, ah, I'm getting that rush. And the other person's going, yeah, roller coaster is no big deal. I mean, I don't know. The roller coaster is not that big of a deal. Well, In both cases, we're thinking about a roller coaster, but we're reacting very, very differently. And so, this is how in NLP we want to know not just what are you thinking or what's going on inside you, but how is it going on inside you? That's where the leverage is. So, that if you have、uh, upsetting, disturbing memories from the past, For example, and those memories come back to your mind.、Uh, something reminds you of real trouble, real suffering that you had in the past, and now you're thinking about those memories. It still raises the question how are you thinking about those memories? Because there's a possibility that you're reliving it as if you're. In the front seat of the roller coaster, looking down the track, and you're re experiencing the feelings, or you're remembering those memories close enough in your mind's eye that you're having a very upsetting reaction to them. And、uh, that's completely understandable.、Uh, in most you know, in cases where you know, we go through abuse,、um, a, a negative reaction, anger, Or fear, resentment. I mean, those kinds of responses are completely understandable. So, you know, we, we certainly wouldn't be here to tell someone you should be responding differently. But it's the awareness、um, if you could respond differently to those memories, do you want to? Are you at a place where you go, I need to take a different perspective? I can't change the facts, but I, I need to take a different perspective. If that's the case, then、um, in NLP, we would、uh, help someone become aware of how these negative experiences are literally are structured in the mind and then help them take a very different perspective. So, if you could take that more distant perspective、uh, on your past and on what happened, would that benefit you? Uh, we're not trying to deny in any way, shape, or form what happened. But if I have a memory and I'm looking at it as an observer and I see myself, my younger self, over there going through a very difficult time. And again, it's, it's not easy necessarily to be neutral about the, these things. But if I push it away in the distance, And I can maintain my adult status and look on that old experience as an adult. 
then I can start to get some boundaries with it. I can start to analyze it a, with a little bit more breathing room where I don't just get sucked into the trauma of it. I don't get sucked into reliving it. We don't want to relive these. We want to look at them from a distance and as an adult, learn something from them, take the big picture on them. Uh, it doesn't mean really anything beyond that. It's like I'm looking at it from a distance and I go, what do I want to do with this? What does this mean? Um, how do I want to move forward with my life with regard to the other people in the memory? I mean, what kind of relationship do I want to have with them? What do I need to do? I mean, these are all really great questions to ask that can help us determine a direction and resolve things. But it's really hard to uh, ask those questions and focus on myself as an adult Uh, when I am just sucked right back into the trauma, back on that roller coaster, just because something reminds me of what happened. So that's one of the ways, and this is a simple example, but it's one of the ways NLP can be helpful because as soon as you learn that there's a point of leverage in your mind that determines how you're going to experience any thought that passes through your mind, suddenly you can start to have options where options didn't exist before. So that, in answer to your question, is one way NLP might be useful. And you were talking about taking a different perspective. And I know one of the things that came to my mind um, was, and, and something that I've written about before, is being able to separate yourself from the emotional moment. You know, yeah. um, you know, especially dealing with, you know, something like anxiety, where when you're sitting and, you know, you're having an, an anxiety attack or a panic attack, or you're, or you're thinking of something that's coming up and it's causing you to be anxious. If you can separate yourself from that moment, take a step back and look at yourself from kind of like a high level point of view, or, or like you said, from like a mile away, you're able to see it from a more open-minded, um, almost a more realistic type of mindset. Like, is that kind of like what you're saying here? Yeah, it's really important because uh, you suddenly, when you're not caught up in the emotion of what happened, now, and cause, because those emotions, if they're about memories, those emotions are, are, are related to, uh, you know, child, uh, when su you're suffering as a child. And, and it's really true when you're caught up in any emotion that, Uh, your ability to see the big picture and your ability to really reason something through is is limited. So absolutely taking that more distant perspective, it allows you not to get caught up in your justifiable childhood emotions and maintain an adult perspective where you have a little bit more objectivity And you're in a much better position to make decisions at that point. And you actually get a lot more information. So some people think, oh, if I just, I try to push it away, so I'm not thinking about it at all. And that's really not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about pushing it away in an effort to deny or ignore what happened. Although that, again, very understandable to want to do that. But we're talking about putting it in a perspective where, 
you can think about it and you can know it was painful, but it doesn't have the effect on you now as uh, as an adult. It's something that is uh, you actually feel like this is in the past. I'm okay right now. And now you, you can um, begin to let it go or make decisions and so on and so forth based on that. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I think the message that you're sending here, right here, with the the importance of validating, you know, the person, um, you know, the memories, the trauma, and not just kind of minimizing it and saying, well, it happened before, but it's no big deal. Really enforcing that, yes, it was traumatic, and yes, of course, you know, it's justified that you feel this way, and it's justified that you're worried and scared and all that. But then taking such an understanding approach and using that and then moving forward with, yes, it happened in the past, but now it doesn't have to, you know, kind of define your future, as I like to say it. So I, I love that approach of really being validating and not minimizing, but then using that to kind of catapult forward, um, you know, as you work with somebody. Yeah, wow. I appreciate that. I think that's I think that's really important, too. Yeah, absolutely. For survivors, um, if there's one thing that is so unbelievably damaging, it is somebody who minimizes your trauma, minimizes your feeling, tells you to get over it, tells you, it, you know, it happened so long ago, you shouldn't have to deal with it anymore. Like any time that anybody says that to a survivor, it just like sets you back exponentially and, you know, can cause you to spin out and be triggered and all that. Something else that struck me when we were talking is one of the things that, um, you know, survivors deal with so much and something that I have gone through a lot in the past was flashbacks listening to you talk a little while ago and uh you know using that ability to kind of separate yourself from the moment um i think can be so beneficial um because flashbacks can just be so traumatic i mean you know they hit you out of the blue anytime that's right um you know maybe kind of talk a little bit about that if you can as i like to say kind of in the heart of my healing when i was like really working intensely with a therapist i was getting flashbacks like six times a week and yeah. you know, almost always in the morning, and for me in particular, and always diff- you know similar visions would come in my head, and it drove me up a wall because yeah, when 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 they hit, you know, you are just paralyzed and you're stuck. Oh, absolutely, they're not a choice. Uh, the flashbacks are not something that you can, you know, turn off just because they bother you or make plans for your day and say, I'm not going to have any flashbacks today. <laughs> Uh, they are a uh, something that goes off. Uh, that is an uncon. They're un- an unconscious phenomenon. They're not something that you're making a conscious choice about. Um, there's different uh, theories behind why the flashbacks happen. Uh, the theory that I tend to work with, um, and basically, I'm saying here. I can't tell. I, I don't know for a fact why the flashbacks happen. I do believe and have had a lot of experience that flashbacks uh, can be resolved. You can get to a place where uh, they don't happen. Uh, in fact, and I don't, I don't do this work currently, so I'm not currently practicing as a mental health counselor. Um, I used to work uh, as a mental health counselor a lot with post-traumatic stress uh, disorder in the state of New Mexico where I'm licensed. I'm in California now. And and so I'm not uh, suggesting that anyone call me to do work with post-traumatic stress because I don't do that work um, currently. So that said, 
there the reason that I believe flashbacks happen it, it's sort of like、uh, your unconscious mind or your brain is、uh, it's like there's an alarm that's going off、uh, there's a reminder that's going off and reminders go off because there's some unfinished business there's something about this that is not reconciled. Uh, that you have not、uh, come to terms with, that your that your mind is not settled on. So it's sort of like you set a reminder on your phone, and you don't do whatever the reminder is, and it just goes off and goes off and goes off. And with a flashback, it <laughs> it just goes off,、uh, and you can't close the reminder. So what does it take to close this reminder to finish the unfinished business? Well.、Um, It takes sort of processing through whatever's flashing back and coming to a place where you're settled、uh, with regard to it. You've learned what you've needed to learn.、Uh, you have learned to protect yourself.、Uh, you have settled whatever score within your mind that needs to be settled. And until that point where this experience is processed and reconciled within you,、um, it's like a to-do list reminder that keeps going off. That's that's my metaphor. I'm not going to say that that's the objective truth. That's a working metaphor. And so, when it's when it's reconciled,、uh, then you end up with the more distant perspective.、Uh, you look. Back on this memory, it's in the distance. You're looking at it as an adult, seeing yourself as a younger person in it in the distance, and you can look at it and go, you know, that's was no fun. That's not something that I'm happy that happened, but、um, nonetheless, I've learned what I needed to learn. I know how to protect myself. I'm sort of settled within it, and when you get to that point, it shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't flash back anymore. How do you get to that point? Well, sometimes、uh, you sort of have to go in and manually work with the memory, and、uh, as it flashes back, push it off in the distance, talk about it in the third person from an objective point of view. There is a whole modality,、uh, the EMDR modality that I'm trained in,、uh, eye movement sensitization reprocessing. It works on a similar working theory, which is the you're getting the flash flashbacks because your brain has not processed this trauma. And the theory behind EMDR is that it processes the trauma, and there's all kinds of dissenters、uh, from that theory and so forth, but. The point is,、um, how do you get to a place where you've learned what you need to learn? You know you can protect yourself, and you know this within yourself, so that there isn't a reason,、uh, consciously or unconsciously, for this memory to keep coming back, trying to tell you something. And that's the that's the theory、uh, behind it, and the work that you do with the memories.、Uh, Several different、uh, protocols within NLP, where you're actually you're not talking necessarily about what happened, but you're actually working with how the memory is structured in your mind, 
in order to restructure it because as soon as you get that more distant perspective you can realize a lot of things that you may need to realize one it is in the past if you're reliving the memory whenever it comes back you don't realize it's in the past you're feeling horrible now uh, the memory is still in the present with you if you have a distant perspective you can realize it's in the past two i'm an adult i can protect myself you can know that you know that um with regard to the other person you can know what is my relationship with this, uh, with this other person now what do i need to do to make sure that the boundaries are correct with this other person you can ask these questions and do things in the present now that really sort of complete and reconcile that uh, situation in your life and again uh sometimes because flashbacks are so powerful and so outside of our conscious control you need someone to help you restructure it so you can get into a place where you can know what you need to know and do what you need to do in order to move on and uh and and someone to coach you through the process and support you in that process because sometimes quite frankly we believe that if we do let go of it then we're justifying it if we don't let us let it affect us anymore then we're letting the other person off the hook and they should never be let off the hook and that belief actually keeps us hanging on And the tricky part about that belief is it's actually true. Uh they it shouldn't be justified. This person shouldn't be let off the hook. Uh there should be consequences for that person. And now the question is, can we make all of that still true? It's not justifiable but justifiable. There should be consequences. There should be boundaries. Can we make all that true without having to emotionally uh be inflicted with the feelings from that memory on a regular basis and uh, it's a challenging question but it's one that's worth asking yeah absolutely and the 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 words that came to mind when you were just finishing up there was radical acceptance and yeah um you know i know that's that's something that i found incredibly difficult to embrace because i had that same feeling of Well, if I'm going to work through this and you know advocate for myself and you know um you know not let these flashbacks rule my life anymore, then I feel like I'm either A pushing everything aside and not dealing with it or B I am accepting and uh you know you know that everything that happened to me was just fine and it was no big deal and yeah, you know, it's like that, you're endorse it's like you're endorsing, endorsing it, right? That's exactly right. And the first time somebody told me about radical acceptance, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" and i mean it just seems foreign you know especially for somebody who's new to recovery and just starting out because you know it does make you feel exactly the way you said and the way that i felt and then of course over time as you work with you know a coach or professional you begin to see that radical acceptance is you know is is that you are advocating for yourself to be able to move forward and not let the flashbacks and the memories you know obviously haunt you the way that they do so i just I had I had to throw that in because you you were talking about I'm like radical acceptance radical acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um I I don't uh I don't uh, know the specifics of of radical acceptance, but it sounds like there's at least some crossover. I mean, I, I'm certainly for 
being in a position where you accept that what happened happened. I per, I think that that is facilitated by how the memories are structured in your mind. If you're reliving them, it's really hard to accept. If you have a distant perspective, uh, it's much easier to accept as something that happened a long time ago and it did happen. As far as the um, you know forgiveness of the people involved and uh, acceptance of them and so on and so forth, that's a really complex question. It all comes down to how are you defining forgiveness of the other people involved? How are you defining acceptance of the other people involved? It just needs to be defined in such a way that Uh, in my mind at least that you never make what they did okay um, you never pretend that it was uh, right and that the boundaries in your present life are such that um, your contact your communication uh, and so forth in your relationship with the other person that they Uh, are re they, they honor the reality of what you went through without you having to re-experience it um, all the time. Because if you can see the uh, the culpability, if you can put uh, the sort of the moral responsibility where it belongs on the other person, uh, to me that is uh, that's the direction that's the direction to go in. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, for those who aren't, uh, you know, familiar with radical acceptance, it's really just the thought process, the idea that, you know, you're not letting anybody, uh, as far as the abuser off the hook, you're not endorsing the abuse, but rather you are saying to yourself, yes, this happened. It was horrible. It was traumatic. It was life changing, but I'm not going to let it rule my life anymore. So I'm going to advocate for myself and move forward knowing that it doesn't have to define who I am um, any longer the way that it did. So Yeah, I mean, but it, it's exactly what you said, um, you know, and kind of correlated perfectly. Um, that's, that's great. So, you, if I can make one quick absolutely. point. So in terms of defining NLP, if you take a concept that's uh, really worthwhile, like radical acceptance, NLP can be thought of as an implementation tool. So um, my, my goal is, is acceptance of what happened. However, the way that I'm thinking about what happened absolutely prevents me from accepting it and so we're going to change act not what happened but the actual structure of our thinking in terms of what we see here and feel on the inside we're going to change the structure of that so that i can get to that place of acceptance and that's sort of nlp is often thought of an implementation tool uh the how-to to make something happen that you want to have happen. So I thought I'd just throw that in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great way to explain it and break it down in, in a real simple, concise way. Um, so I guess my last uh, question or topic um, would be, so in your experience, um, is NLP something that would benefit a survivor who was just starting out in their recovery, you know, perhaps they're just starting to get memories or just starting to realize something happened. Maybe they've never even, you know, realized before that they were abused or they, they suffered some type of trauma, but now some things are starting to come into 
play. Maybe they're getting triggered. They don't understand it. They're getting flashbacks. They don't know why. Is NLP something where um, you would recommend it to a quote-unquote beginner type of uh, survivor? Or is it something to where they, they would want to try and use NLP when they're further along in their healing journey? Because NLP is independent of the content of our thoughts, and it's more about the context, the structure, or the how of our thoughts, uh, I would think that it's useful for uh, people who are just becoming aware, as well as for people who you know have been working with the issue for quite some time. Uh, because NLP will, it's going to so radically expand your awareness of how your thoughts work and how to work with your thoughts that really, regardless of where you are in terms of your awareness of the memories and what happened and what's there, no matter where you are on that spectrum, uh, NLP is going to give you tools for kind of organizing your thoughts and working with them either way. So, and it's kind of a separate entity, whether you're dealing with issues from your past or planning your future or communicating with other people in the present moment, uh, the individual situations, uh, the content of our lives is really something different than NLP. Uh, NLP is about uh, the how-to of the process, regardless of what specifically you're dealing with. So I would say anywhere along the spectrum, um, it would be worthwhile to to learn some of these skills. Absolutely. Um, incredible stuff. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. It's been uh, educational. It's been encouraging. And um, go ahead, as we finish up here, let everybody know where they can find you on the web, how to get in contact with you, social media, um, all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. So our website is inlpcenter.org, inlpcenter.org. When you come to the site, uh, it, it's really sort of established uh, to introduce NLP training to people at various different courses. Uh, if you want to just contact me, feel free to do so. Just look for the contact uh, button on the navigation bar, and that will uh, give you our contact information. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, our our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com forward slash INLP Center. Uh, you can go on there and uh, see what we're doing. It's sort of a general personal development page. Uh, that we have. So th that's where we are on, on Facebook. I'd, I'd love feedback and, uh, and to hear from uh, anybody who might have a question or if there's a way I can help. Thanks again for listening to Surviving My Podcast, sponsored by survivingmypast.net, a blog about my life with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD, and in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. This podcast or any resources sponsored by survivingmypast.net should not be considered as therapy or professional medical help. If you are in crisis, I encourage you to seek out the services of a mental health or physical health professional. I also encourage you to check out online crisis support from sites like rain.org, oneand6.org, and The Samaritans. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, just contact me anytime through email, matt at survivingmypast.net, or use the contact forms on the blog. 
Thank you again for your support and encouragement, and always know that you rock. Talk to you soon.